Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, we're likely to see another significant increase in cases and hospitalizations unless everybody plays a very different game than the one we all played at Thanksgiving. Our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. So we need to prepare ourselves to steal our spines, as frustrating it is to hear. Together, the intent of the, these restrictions will be to pause activity and reduce mobility so we can reduce the spread of the virus. Going to play a different game than you played last time. Mm-hmm. In other words, pardon me? I said mm-hmm. Okay. What? No, like I just... Did you start recording today? I did. I have recorded, yes. I just was... I don't know. Sometimes when a 1570 marries a 910... <laughs> You, you are have, Alice, to, Alice you have to check up on these things. You are just high now uh, with the launch of our merch <laughs> store. Um, and um, I've been working a lot branding. on the merch store. Our uh, Twitter and Facebook followers have a lot of awesome ideas for the merch store, which I love. Keep them coming. Really some fantastic ideas. Yeah, those are awesome. Thank you very much. Um, those are brilliant. Keep those coming. It's very funny. I like. I love the idea of the uh, fifteen seventy. Uh, what is it? The fifteen seventy project. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, that was on Twitter. Yeah, somebody that was Twitter tactical preppy on Twitter. Brilliant. Well done. So, it, and one of our YouTube commenters suggested that we really need little Jerry Callahan merchandise. I think that's a great idea. Maybe a profile picture, or maybe a head-on mm-hmm. picture. He's a handsome little she, fella, and he's been making. She um, is a very cute. He's been chicken. making improvements, has he not? So she is. Um, she has been inside uh, because the snow. Not inside the house. Inside so the- Tom and I constructed uh, based on my vision, but. Mm. 
but Tom helped me construct a chicken tunnel from our chicken run, which is outside our chicken coop, to our main backyard, which is fenced in. So the shed where which we turned part of into a chicken coop, um, behind it is the chicken run, and the shed is kind of on the border of the fence. So there's. Just, a- are we asking people to come over and feed them <laughs> while we're gone, Alice? Because I don't know if they need to know this. <laughs> well, anyway. They don't, a chicken tunnel- run, by the way, is a little caged area where they can hang out without yeah, getting so mauled. Their, so their tunnel is um, it's covered in... Uh, not chicken wire, technically. What's that stuff called? Hardware oh, cloth. This- it's hardware <laughs> cloth. It's hardware okay. cloth. And um, so it is snowed in the chicken tunnel and they can't get out of the chicken run. So they've been in an enclosed space where a hawk cannot eat them. They have had outside time. They're able to go outside and breathe the free air, but they can't be eaten by a hawk. So little Jerry Callahan's feathers are growing back. Nice. Excellent. So and yes, she's we looking will, very fluffy and in, healthy. In, we will put him on the um, on shirts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great, Alice. And by the way, talk to our our media person about um, about monetizing the chicken update. There you go. Since we're, <laughs> since we're selling out right now with um, no chance of uh, really, uh, we're going to have a robustly only, filling our coffers. Only, patrons only chicken update <laughs> soon. To- Seem to arrive at the Burn Barrel Podcast. No, we're kidding. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'd love to be in a place where we can make a podcast um, full-time as our full-time job and produce all kinds of really fun content for you guys. But um, we're not going to get rich off the merch store. We're just making it for fun. We hope you guys love it. We love it. We're excited. I can't wait to see a piece of merch. <laughs> when, do, when is it open? How do people find it? When, when are we doing it? Calm down. I will have all those what updates do you mean, calm once down? it's finalized. You pulled, I have not you, you finalized pulled the show over. You pulled the show over. I haven't. You from pulled politics the show over. To talk merchandise. You pulled the show over to talk about merchandise. So we're talking about merchandise here and I'm selling working. stuff. But the problem is this. is that for We just played the Charlie Baker cut. Is is um is in Massachusetts and probably your state now since coronavirus cases are rising and we'll get back to the merch in a bit. Is um is that now we're going down? We have bigger restrictions here in Massachusetts, which is going to kill the hell out of businesses that have survived thus far. Effective Saturday, December twenty sixth, capacity limits will be lowered to twenty five percent for most industries. And the lieutenant governor will talk more about the details on this shortly. Indoor and outdoor gathering limits will be reduced to 25 people outside and 10 people inside, including for events. Oh, that is a torpedo, especially to restaurants. I mean, that is a torpedo. Mm-hmm. 25% and, capacity. You can't well, you lose money at 25% capacity right, in, if you're a restaurant. In the, the problem is the Massachusetts restaurant institution now has been sold. Roger mm-hmm. Berkowitz just sold legal seafood. And you would never, never have thought that was something that would ever happen. You know, they've been a powerhouse since really the 70s here in Massachusetts and now down the East Coast. Maybe they're even maybe they've moved west as well. And that is huge. There's nothing more iconic Boston than legal seafoods. Right. And for this to happen, for Berkowitz not to have the wherewithal to be able to hold on in that family with that is devastating. If they can't make it, I don't see who's going to be able to make it. This, the the Boston trolley tour, you know, it, next summer is going to be a tour of r- available retail space because <laughs> these restaurants have been knocked the hell out. Between t- in Massachusetts, just this is just Boston alone. I work in Lowell. Lowell is taking its hit too. 
Um, you know, it, it's Lowell times are always tougher in Lowell, I think, for businesses. Um, but in, of course, this has been horrific to them, and etc. Um, but in Boston, was really, really enjoying a boom. And is it Boone or Boom? Boom. Boom. What's Boone? A boon is like a favor. You okay. grant someone a boon. I don't think so, Alice. You do? No, a boon a boon to industry. Yes, is like that's a, a favor to industry. I don't think it's a favor. I think it's a it's a I think it's a good it's development. A gift. It's a good it's development. A gift, a favor, something good that you give them though. It's something I don't given. think so. Can you yes, look up the is. actual definition, please? So Boston itself was in in the middle of a huge boom. We had new neighborhoods sprouting up. The uh you know, the seaport district of Boston. Doesn't even look like Boston. It's a brand new. It looks like Dubai, as Steve Sweeney famously says. Um, and then there was the the tourist hotspots of Faneuil Hall and um, the Back Bay and, and around Beacon Hill, okay. et cetera. Hold on, Alice, once again. And these places have just um, they've just been ravaged by this stuff. I mean, some places are still holding on. Tavern in the Square is still holding on near North Station, where the which is the big MBTA hub for for our purposes here. I mean, they're also a bit of a chain, though. Yes, they are, but I'm, what I'm saying is that they're holding on. But a lot mm-hmm. of other places, like the Fours, which is an old, great old Boston Garden, um, mm-hmm. you know, pre-game place is gone. And there's so many places that are just gone that it's terrible. And these, these developments, these restrictions, and I know there is a spike. I don't know how much the restrictions are going to do to help the spike, but I do know that the restrictions are going to be extremely dangerous and painful and deleterious to people's lives and their businesses. We're seeing it happen all over the time. And this, just the way the language goes now, mm-hmm. this bothers me. The way these languages goes, listen to a couple of words in here. This is Charlie Baker today, Governor Baker of Massachusetts. So today we're announcing new statewide restrictions that will be in place for at least two weeks, starting Saturday, December 26th. These will be in addition to our existing orders, including the stay-at-home advisory, the face mask requirements, and the early closures that are already in place. Together, the intent of the, these restrictions the intent of these restrictions will be to pause activity and reduce mobility. Pause activity and reduce mobility. That's pause your activity yeah, and pause, reduce your mobility. Pause your ability to make a living mainly. Yes. But imagine that. Reduce it. We need to reduce their activity. We need to limit their mm-hmm. mobility. How can so, we limit their mobility? Come on. Ideas, people. Ideas, people. <laughs> Just seriously treating people like lab rats. So I have a belief. I think every state that does these limitations should also pause the salary of the governor and mm-hmm. all his staff and the lieutenant governor and all their staff and all of the legislators and all their staff. As long as anything is paused in the state, if you are without passing any actual laws restricting mm-hmm. the economic activity of the state, your economic activity should also be paused. And then maybe we would see a little bit of empathy for the people that are screwed right now by our incompetent state bureaucracy that can't run an unemployment program, by our federal government who's incompetent, who can't get out stimulus checks without passing another couple trillion dollars of other junk. And maybe then we would see some action on things people want. That should be what happens. Every time Governor Baker pauses your life, Mm -hmm. 
his life should also be paused and all the people that he has to go into the office with every day because he apparently hasn't seen anyone who's having trouble up close and personal. That's my opinion. Right. And the people in his circles, mm-hmm. well, he says he has. He's got all sorts of uh-huh, now yeah. new uh, you know, interactions yeah. that he's talking. They're calling about. his secretary. He has a tally mark list of how many people called him upset about the closures. Oh, 37 people today. Well, okay. But this this idea that we need to pause their activity, we need to reduce their mobility, guys. How do we do that? The idea of the brainstorming, the public health, health officials saying, okay, how do you make it difficult for them? It's almost as if it's like it, it's a military siege strategy on a small mm-hmm. city. You know, break, break their ability to move, break their ability to, you know, get resources that they need so that they can comply fully. In other words, break them. Mm-hmm. Break them into compliance. Whatever it takes, you know, do make sure that they're in a confined space with no hope, no hope, and then maybe they'll listen. And then here's the here's the um, carrot part of the um, <laughs> the strategy. Effective Saturday. Oh wait, here we go. If we can all agree to do the things that slow the spread over the next two weeks, it will help us work on building the bridge we all need to build to the vaccine. If we can just do this for two weeks, for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll be closer to the vaccine. This will all be over soon. You just have to do this again. Meanwhile, we didn't see this coming. You know, these people, his ability to yeah. model out, you know, how this thing's going to act is uh, highly in question, I would say. Yeah, how many days are we now into 15 days to slow the spread? I mean, I know that's a federal government thing, but this is what everybody went along with. And Fauci said a few weeks to a few months, and all the state governors operated off this. How many times do you have to watch them change the story on what we should expect going forward before we just really can't believe anything they say anymore? Right. And and to retroactively then look at the spikes and then lecture us, Mm -hmm. lecture us. You know, you know, you saw what you did. We're in trouble, by the way. For the way we acted Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's you and your stupid song, Alice. You know, the follow the whatever, whatever it was. When wear a mask song. Mm-hmm. And remember what happened at Canada. It's that stuff. That, according to Charlie Baker, it's that kind of activity. You know, you we participated in making um, activity unpaused and not limiting mobility. Mm-hmm. And so you see what happened? Our hospitals are now under significant pressure and we're heading toward... Another period, this holiday stretch, when we're likely to see another significant increase in cases and hospitalizations unless everybody plays a very different game than the one we all played at Thanksgiving. So can I ask something, though? Is there any evidence that people in a widespread way ignored the Thanksgiving orders? Because everyone I know listened to the Thanksgiving Well, there was a spike, so... Yep, ergo, <laughs> that's it. And you know why there was a spike? Because I was bad. Because of the game you played. <laughs> All of you people out there who tried to have a, a less of a limit on your mobility and your un, to not pause your activity because you're a human being and wanted to see loved ones, many of whom are um, you know suffering mental health uh, you know woes due to this stuff. All of you people were playing a game, a bad game. Unless you play a different game this time, it's going to happen again, just so you know. Playing a game, can you imagine that? 
you know, and then that goes to what you said about the mm-hmm. salaries of him and the public health officials. All right. the know-it-alls, the smartest people, the scutter, sutter, futter, whatever we have here, who's our health person, the smartest people in the world looking not, you know, their lives are not impacted like everybody else's lives. Right. They're in the government. They're going to they're gonna get their money. Looking at them, uh, looking at us and saying, Geez, look at the games they're playing, going out and hiking. And this guy wants to go to the gym. The other person is taking a nature walk without a mm-hmm. mask. And this person... Look at the games they're playing. Well, they're protesting uh, the George Floyd. That's not a game. That's not a game. That game is fine to play. <laughs> so that- it's funny that you say that because Deborah Burks has now responded to the criticisms of her for getting together with her family over Thanksgiving. And what she said is that to drag my family into this, when my daughter hasn't left that house in 10 months, my parents have been isolated for 10 months. They've become deeply depressed, as I'm sure many elderly have, the health official said Tuesday, appearing to respond to the reports about her holiday gatherings these are all very difficult things mm-hmm. that's right when she, her daughter is lonely and her parents are lonely they want to get together they're fighting fighting isolation it's a called humanity when that's you do it you're them. playing a game when you do it you're playing a game when they do it it's just trying to be human trying to fight the isolation mm-hmm. it's games all everything we do is games for them and now we have to play a different game if we want to be allowed to resume our lives <laughs> and not wax out a, you know, a new uh, business franchise every day or more than one every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just the franchises we're talking about. The people that aren't franchises are in even tougher shape. You know, if you're McDonald's, which not to... I'm, I know some McDonald's franchisees and they work very, very hard. So I'm not trying to knock them. But you also have the support and the backing of this huge network that's able to roll out mobile ordering, which Tom hates, by the way. He hates mobile ordering. Terrible, terrible. But, you know, you're able to put in place these systems automatically. You're able to comply with the COVID rules. You're able to roll out, you know, teams of lawyers and compliance experts and all this stuff. If you're legal seafood, you're in much better shape to respond to all these restrictions than you are if you're just Bob's restaurant down at the corner who's trying to make things work. You know, you don't have a legal team to go read through the latest batch of dozens of pages of regulations that Baker comes out with for what you need to do or get shut down. And that's why you've seen companies like Amazon absolutely just take off during this pandemic. I mean, they're with the remote ordering too, obviously, but the big chains, the Walmarts, the Home Depots, the Lowe's, all these companies are doing amazing right now. And the little guy is struggling. This pandemic has been the worst possible thing for small business, not because of the pandemic itself, but because our response to it has hit small business so much harder than big business. That's the problem with these excessive government regulations is it doesn't hurt the big guy. It hurts the little guy. They're the ones who cannot afford to comply with all these complicated things that change day to day. Day to day, what small business owner do you know that has time to watch every one of Governor Baker's press conferences and pour over his latest set of orders that he comes out with from his staff that's all getting paid right now? You know, they get to sit around and come out with pages and pages of new orders that restaurant owners have to comply with. Meanwhile, restaurant owners are just trying to be able to pay their staff with the little bit that they have based on takeout orders, which if you don't have a built out mobile ordering solution is just going to destroy you. It's ridiculous. And so, and I don't know, I saw this news story the other day. Um, 
and we didn't get to it yesterday. But I was just like fascinated by this because, um, oh, where did this story go? Uh, basically, um, you know how Mariah Carey came out with cookies this Christmas? Did you see this? No. Jesus. She came out with a line of cookies. Um, and I don't know if you saw, but Tyga, who is some kind of sing- musician. <laughs> I had, must have missed 60 minutes. <laughs> had, um, has a brand of like chicken, fried chicken that he came out with and stuff. So the way these companies work is it's um, a company called Mr. Beast. Okay, so I heard about them. They they suddenly have 20,000 locations in the country or something. Right. So what do you think their 20,000 locations are? Okay, so the company, sorry, the company's, the latest iteration is Mr. Beast, but it also did Mariah Carey's cookies and Tyga's chicken things and whatever, and a few other kind of celebrity-backed ones. So this is a, a venture capital company called Virtual Dining Concepts, founded by Robert and Robbie Earle who are a father and son. So basically what they do, he's the former CEO of the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm -hmm. And basically what they do is they hook up like an influencer brand, like Mariah Carey's Christmas brand. um, And they franchise it. So they have local restaurants. They don't have any kitchens themselves. Mr. Beast has no kitchens. It's like Amazon. Well, Amazon was maybe. Maybe, but basically, and then they use like DoorDash and Uber Eats to deliver the food. So for you as a consumer, you're just ordering Mariah Carey's cookies from Mariah Carey, but actually it's this company has hooked up the Mariah Carey brand with a local restaurant kitchen and it's being delivered by Uber Eats. So basically, and they've had some issues with quality control, basically, um, because they they haven't like fully vetted all these restaurants like there have been some complaints about the Mr. Beast burgers being fully cooked or whatever. <laughs> but I just think this is so interesting because everything like even if you're a small business, you are going to end up working for a big company in this sense. You know, mm. that you set out to be your own little restaurant making your own little food, but the only way, the way that the world around us has made it is the only way you are going to be able to make money is by actually making Mariah Carey cookies or Tyga fried chicken. Even How though, very interesting. So you're now a subcontractor for the right, for this other huge right. company, so which can only now, work really in COVID. Right. You're now a Mr. Beast franchise, right. which you never set out to be, and it doesn't even say that on your window right. outside, but you're actually, the way you're making a bunch of your money in COVID is from being a Mr. Beast franchise, even though you never set out to be that. And like, I just wonder how much of our business in this time is going to end up consolidated into big companies because of stuff like this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, well, I guess in a sense, that's kind of a godsend. I mean, yeah, because I mean, nobody is, I mean, I'm glad I can order off Amazon during all this too. Right. But, but but yeah, no, it's sad. It's certainly sad that the, you know, there's Mm going to be like Seattle, Washington's going to be, you know, offering all of the uh, food choices that we have here. Well, and like talk about dystopia. Like you're just going to be whatever franchise. Like you're just going to be a virtual dining concepts franchise for whatever the next thing is. So you have no control over what you're going to be. You're going to be making Mariah Carey yes. cookies and then you'll be making right. Tyga fried chicken. And Thursdays then- <laughs> you do McRibs and then. <laughs> yeah, yep. you just do whatever they tell you to do. I mean, like that's not why people set out to be a business, you know, to 
to make their own restaurant and serve their community. No, that's sad. That's that's sad. I mean, un- it's kind of it's. I well, mean, I mean, I'm not lo- trying to knock people for trying to make money during the pandemic because God knows they need whatever business they can get. So if Mariah Carey can lend her name to something and they can make some money, then great. But but it is. I feel like overall, it's kind of a sad development about the state. I mean, just like I'm happy that people can make money as Amazon delivery drivers. Mm -hmm. That's good that people can use that. But it's sad that, like, ultimately, Amazon is going to be the only thing left to work for (laughs) at some point here. And it's just kind of, like, depressing in a way. I don't know. No, I totally agree. And just going over the the, the idea that legal seafood, which has technically been sold, but Mm -hmm. that's the end of it. It's it's, got to be Berkowitz. And all these other places... It is, it's just, Boston's going to look, every city, everybody listening mm-hmm. right now, every city's going to look different than it did. And they'll all look the same as each other when it's all over. Right, they'll all or there's going to be Mr. Beef and then... Mr. Beast and there'll be a Chipotle and there'll mm-hmm. be an Amazon branded bookstore and there will be um, a Netflix right. branded movie theater. And all their CEOs and- are going to be the same single person. <laughs> It's. I mean, it's sort of sad. Like, but I really think that nothing has been better for big business in this country and worse for small business than this pandemic and the way that yeah. we've responded to it, because it's just been a boon, if you will. To oh yeah, um, and, and we had a couple of people on social media send us pictures of the restaurants that they love that are gone now. Oh, There's some beauties. It's so sad. Some beauties. I'm. Did you ever eat at the China Moon in Stoneham? Oh, of course. You did. Yeah. What was the occasion? Um, uh, oh, because you worked in Melrose. Oh, no, why? What was the occasion? What would you be doing there? I don't know. I went to Stoneham. I went there um, with some friends from my church and like my sister and like a couple of people one time. Um, so, what does Boone mean? Boone. I'm glad you asked that. Um, it means a thing that is helpful or beneficial, but it also means okay. a favor or request. So, but the first definition was my definition. So mine's archaic. So mine's the real one. N- incorrect. Archaic. <laughs> Jesus. Mine's the OG of definitions. OG? <laughs> the original gangsta. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> mine's the original definition, a favor or request, and yours is the um, bastardized meaning you that has come about nowadays. So. Jesus. I don't know what you're insinuating about gosh, my mother. Alice. Gosh, you designed some uh, some 1570 t-shirts. and <laughs> You chip on your shoulder. My goodness. My goodness. But um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. As I used to be work in a hotel as a concierge, and most of the businesses where I send people are just not there. It's not gone. Just, hmm. I mean, who knows what, what people are doing for a living uh, at the moment. Um, what else we have um, in the folder, Alice? The uh, housekeeping news items that we want to get to. Before I go to um, Joe Biden, who is... Um, um, so Joe Biden is a comfortable man. We will just say this. Right. In, so in, the before we get to Go Joe ahead. Biden, I want to uh, spend a little time on the current president because he has been making some appointments, mm-hmm. um, including Pam Bondi of Florida to uh, be a member of the Board of Trustees of the John F. Kennedy Center of Performing Arts. Okay. She was a good soldier for him. Uh, Edward McMillan Jr. of South Carolina to be a member of the Board of Trustees of who? the JFK Center for Performing Arts. I don't know who that is. I have to be okay. honest. Um, Hope Hicks of Connecticut to be a member of the J. William Fulbright Foreign Scholarship Board. So a lot of people are totally <laughs> saying that that is ridiculous because she's an incompetent idiot. People are so mean on Twitter. 
and what they're saying about her. Not like how dare she hope should mm-hmm. be in jail. It should be the thing. I thought they liked her now because she gave Trump COVID. I well, thought. it didn't kill him. So. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Hope Hicks is that what she did should be considered one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of communication services. Mm-hmm. And she is the greatest single, single campaign communications person right. in the history of this country. What she did in 2015 and 2016, a shop of one. This isn't bringing in T.J. Duckworth and um, and um, you know a lot of these other folks. Like you've got a Dana, Dana Perina who here, and then you know um, Spicer here. This is a one woman show. What she did, and I was in contact with Hope Hope a lot in 2015 and 16, and she was so smart and she knew where to put Trump. Do you remember your famous stick it? To you by Hope Hicks? Yeah, I wish I should find that. Actually. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, in early 2015, when Trump, I don't even think he'd like declared for president yet, but people were talking about him running. And you actually wrote a piece in the Boston Herald that was about like, he's not really going to run. He's done this before. He's like toyed with running a bunch of times. He's not serious. Um, and uh, then I forget exactly what it was. You like wanted an interview or something? With him, so you emailed mm-hmm. Hope Hicks, and she emailed you back a very nice email, like, oh, I'm sorry, he doesn't have time right now, you know, maybe at some point in the future. And then, at the bottom of the email was the link to the piece that you had written so, about how Trump wasn't seriously running. So I had slammed him, right. And then I got, she sent out this email with her cell phone number on it and everything, um, hicks at donaldtrump.com, this is from Trump Towers, when she worked in the Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, there is this thing happening in 2015. When? Saturday, April 18, 2015. What? Mr. Trump will be available to, to media immediately following his remarks at uh, First Nation Republican leadership in New Hampshire, in the Crown Plaza in Nashua. So it says, please contact Hope Hicks, she writes. Oh. Of course, she's the only one. So I contacted her, and she gets back to me and says, I say, Hope, can we get him to come by our table on Radio Row? And she responds to me, Hi, Tom. Unfortunately, Mr. Trump will not be able to stop by. I would love to introduce myself, though, and hopefully shed some light on the serious steps Mr. Trump has taken and the team he continues to build. Then he's got a link to my, she's got a link to my column that said, Shattuck, uh, Circus Act Not Worth the Peanuts. (laughs) And then she said, It should be a great day in New Hampshire. All the best, Hope. Which was a stick it, um, mm. which was such a good sign. Usually, a PR person, a comms person, mm-hmm. won't you know throw you the bird <laughs> when they're when they're responding to you. You know, they're still kind of a, a public relations face. Mm-hmm. But she absolutely sent that to me, and it was fantastic. Isn't that so Trump, though? I mean, there always were stories, even when he was hiring people for his administration, that. Um, you know, they would like go through all people's social media accounts who applied and make sure they never said anything negative about Trump ever in any of their social media or anything because they like didn't want anyone who wasn't a hundred percent on board. Oh right. 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 And then so so um you know about like eight months later or whatever, I wrote a column 
that said something about that Trump would beat Hillary. No, it was the debate. It was the uh, debate was that uh, a lot of people said Hillary Clinton won that first debate, but you said Trump won the first debate. Was so that you what were that like, was? I yeah, so you so. were like the only person, the only like editorial person who wrote a big column praising Trump and saying he won the debate. And then Trump retweeted the article. Really? Yeah. And then it was huge and it like blew up. So then you were like in good with the Trump people. Well, no, but but somebody sent when they sent me his somebody sent me um, his secretary at Trump Tower sent me something from the office of Donald Trump with an autographed picture of my column. Yeah, that was that column. It wasn't really. okay. And it said, thanks, Tom. Very honest. Yeah. (laughs) So then I was in. Then I was in. Because you were the only uh, opinion writer who felt that Trump won the debate. So you were very honest. Everybody else was fake news. So from that day from that day on, you were in with the Trump people. But yeah, uh, Hope definitely yes. stuck it to you there that one time. Oh, but. yeah, that was wonderful. And then, and then of course, because Trump is vindictive. <laughs> Listen to this, how this works. This is so important to know. And this is why Hope Hicks is so good. I sent that email where she was mean to me mm-hmm. to... Two women, Hillary Chabot and Jacqueline Cashman, who I work with, right? Who, of course, thought it was hilarious that they were <laughs> that I because they also thought I was an ass, <laughs> and so they sent they reached out to Hope and said, "Hey, that's our boss, that stupid guy Tom Shattuck, <laughs> who you just uh, you know dissed, and we think it's awesome that you did that. We would love Mr. Trump to come on and talk to us, including." Talk to us about what an idiot Tom is, <laughs> and Hope set it up, and he went on there, and they talked about me. And Trump said, "I don't know who Tom Shattuck is. I don't think he's very famous. He, he, he doesn't <laughs> seem very smart to me. That's all." And it was brilliant. <laughs> and, she, and Hope was so she was so important That's in that great. stuff. And she was she was just smart. I mean, she knew yeah. a good pitch. You could text to her when Tom Brady news broke. Hey, Hope, Tom Brady news just broke that he's in trouble with Goodell. Do you want Donald to call in and get in on this? And mm-hmm. she, always, she'd say, "What's the number?" He'll call in four minutes. Bang! There he was, and he'd be on there, and he, yeah. And he, I mean, he had a knack for that, and she had a knack for that. And it's, what she did was incredible. Yeah, you I mean, that to, campaign can... was her and Corey Lewandowski, and uh, who's the guy who was arrested in Florida? Uh, um, was it Parscale? Yeah, Brad Parscale, and they really, I mean, on right. a shoestring budget with no, I mean, like we get told how Russia ran Facebook ads all the time, but Hillary Clinton's team had all the Obama infrastructure of all the special social media targeting, but I don't know. I think it's kind of underrated in this day and age how much you can do with a good team like that who knows how to work the media and knows how to work social media and mm-hmm. get out there and um, and Trump really knowing how to work social media too and really knowing how to kind of get at where people are. You know, he's almost right. like a savant for knowing oh, he is. what the thing he to is. say is that's like the populist thing. He just like knows what it is. Right. And so I compare that to at the time. You know, the Hillary Clinton never came on with us at the time. Mm-hmm. Although uh, there was a time where I was on to something where Hillary was supposed to have a gathering here in Springfield, Massachusetts, a fundraiser, and they scrubbed it as they were getting close. So my thought was, and I called the venue and everything. My thought was that they couldn't get a draw; they weren't getting enough people hmm. to come to the fundraiser. And so I said, I sent emails out saying to Hillary Flax saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, aren't you guys coming here? You, uh, can you, you have somebody talk to us about this? Well, if you're not going to come here, we'd need to talk to the candidate. And it went from the original flack immediately to somebody else, huh. to to Jen Palmieri, who uh, ran yeah. comms for Hillary, uh, might run the campaign, 
And then um, and then this other big name guy called from from like Delaware or something. And let me guess, me. he said it absolutely wasn't because they couldn't draw people. Yeah, he said, "What do you want? What are you hearing? What are you saying exactly?" <laughs> and he's asking me for intel, you know, to what they have. And then somebody else called, and somebody else called, and this was the Hillary, the large, vast network of people. And then somebody sent me a statement to knock it down mm-hmm. totally. Get nowhere yeah. near the candidate. You know, we're going to just snuff out any possible trouble we have. Make sure you get this in the hands of the guy at the paper. That's just something that's going to extinguish these little embers that are happening here. And it's uh, totally different. And Trump was, go out, absolutely, I'm going to call. Give me the phone, Hope. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that was it. They can't keep him from the phone. That's part of the problem, right. too. It's the double-edged sword of Trump. And that's why I think, like, for all people hate Trump's Twitter and, like, people always say, like, oh, if only he could just get out of his own way. But it's also... You can't get rid of that part of Trump because that's also the part that is the magic of Trump, too. So you can't have one without the other. Trump is what he is, you right. know, and, and part of that is, you know, it's is toxic to all of his political chances. But then the other side of that same coin is that he just like gets people and gets what people want to hear in a way that other people don't. And he just goes out there and says it. In whatever right. medium is available to him, no matter what people are telling him he should do. Yeah, and he also happens to love it. He wants to read <laughs> Donald Trump's name, and you're going to end up in the very honest list or the dishonest list. And, and really... it can change at any time. Right. No, absolutely. It, you can absolutely... be great. You can Mad Dog Mattis can be awesome one day and like a total traitor the next day. Like it just it just depends where you are on this right. kind of thing. So it, it, although yeah, so now Trump is scaring the hell out of the media is what he's doing. Now he's just screwing with people. Oh yeah, he's T- just trolling. Today putting... I had a photo spray in the in the White House. He had some people from the Defense Department, I think, in there. And anyway, he had this cryptic um, prediction or warning for the uh, press. You guys know what this represents? What's the storm? Could be the calm before the storm. What storm is We have the world's great military people in this room. I will tell you that. And we're going to have a great evening. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. What storm, Mr. President? You'll find out. Give us a hint on your Thank you, everybody. Thank you. There you go. The calm before the storm. So the, oh. either the storm, either the storm is a retaliation <laughs> against the Russians, or it's just putting Hope Hicks in charge of Fulbright scholarships. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> but what half the country assumes that is is just the tanks rolling into DC oh, yeah. and, and the full coup. Oh, please let him make a Rubicon reference. The right. internet would go nuts. Half of uh, wacky right wing Twitter has been calling him Rubicon Don for a couple months now. So yeah. things are. It's that's not a that's not a good look for Republicans. I don't no, I no. don't enjoy. Yeah, we that. are d- diminishing returns time. This is the time of diminishing returns. We don't yeah. need calm before the storm talk right now. We've got I a little just, election in Georgia where the polling has gone badly now for Republicans. Right. I just saw a little meme on Parlor where somebody had Trump's head on a picture of Julius Caesar. So mm-hmm. that's not that's again with the Rubicon stuff. That's not okay. Uh, uh, Fifteen seventy. Tell us what the Rubicon was. Everyone knows what the Rubicon is. Tell those of us who the didn't. The Rubicon is the river that Julius Caesar mm-hmm. crossed when he marched on Rome and ultimately ended up creating the Roman Empire instead of the Roman Republic because he uh, decided to take it over 
after he'd been away on military campaigns. So he turned the military on his own city and uh, got rid of the Republican government, which was, he was actually a populist. He was quite popular with the common people Mm -hmm. and just not with the ruling class of -of out-of-touch patricians who were running the Roman Senate. It is funny because this is a time right now where there are more Caesar references than ever, but you know why? Because people keep naming new Brutuses. Every day. Like, Barr is the newest Brutus. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and, um, uh, you know, there's at least three or four every day where people are saying, Brutus. Has to be. Yeah. Well, uh, let the record show, I don't think Trump should uh, cross the proverbial Rubicon mm-hmm. and march on Washington to hold on to power. I don't think that's a good look for Republicans. Um, Trump's pretty old. Even if you were mm-hmm. to put Trump in there for another four years, if the Supreme Court or whatever fantasy land we're living in were to overturn the election and put Trump in, Trump's not going to be there forever. This isn't. You need to build a more lasting thing than this. These cults of personality can't rest on the strength of just one person over time. I mean, I think that he's built a really great space in the conservative movement to talk about kind of more populist concepts. Um, like, for example, I still see these conservatarian eggheads on Twitter complaining about people getting stimulus checks. Why are people who never were out of a job getting stimulus checks? Um, because the pandemic has put a lot of economic pressures on mm-hmm. people, not just losing jobs, although that is a thing. Some people have lost. Not everybody has a thriving T-shirt business. <laughs> um, but you know, some people have lost income and didn't qualify for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Some people have lost the ability to get childcare that they got before and have to spend more on that. Some people have lost uh, their students' educational opportunities and have had to spend money on other ways of getting their kids educated if their kids aren't able to attend the public schools anymore and they're not able to stay home with them and uh, teach them all day like some parents aren't. So it's... um. There are a variety of reasons why people may or may not be able to um, make ends meet right now during the pandemic, and not all of them is tied to unemployment. And furthermore, as we've discussed on this show, state unemployment offices aren't built to cope with this level of demand. They just can't deal with it. I don't understand. You'd have to be such a uh, egg-headed, disaffected jerk if you think that people shouldn't be made whole again, considering they've been compelled by well, their right. governments to sink their fortunes. Well, the, but they're saying, and I mean, this is a point that like a lot of people get those stimulus checks who haven't been negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. There are people in our town who are doing just fine financially. Nobody's out of work. Everybody's working from home. Everybody's fine. And they'll get those checks too. But the thing is, is that, that so first of all, it does phase out at, um, well, starting at $150,000 and under $200,000 for couples. Um, so it's not people making like huge amounts of money mm-hmm. either way. And the few people who fall through the cracks who are making a little more money, like you're going to fight over that when, when it, you know, trying to litigate the minutia of who should get it and who shouldn't is going to take you so much longer than just get some money in people's pockets. And like we've talked about before, it's cheaper than all these big programs that they want to run and all these other handouts that they want to do just to hand people direct checks. It costs less money than administering these more complicated programs. And getting back to what the problem is here is that if if we lose Georgia, if the Republicans lose Georgia... Mm -hmm then this omnibus bill will just be the beginning. 
Oh, this yeah. will be it, it will be absolute giveaways. Get in the green energy business. Um, if oh, uh, yeah. if this uh, if if the Republicans lose Georgia, which is why I wish Trump would calm the hell down here. <laughs> There's two, two reasons. One, Georgia. It's all about Georgia. Mm-hmm. Three reasons. It's all about Georgia. Two, you want the brand to be, and he should know this, intact for after right. for the private sector. I mean, come private- on, just say the Democrats cheated, but go right. start your that's news fine. channel or whatever. Like that's fine. And then three is that. What is three? Interior. <laughs> three is that. Okay, hold on. So one was what was one? One was uh, oh Georgia. Okay. And uh, two is because of the brand. Three is because you've got a new president coming in. The better you can look, it's going to contrast with this guy. Biden is a flawed dude. He is still uh, not yeah. great. He has the, – the press is diving in front of any question that seems adversarial. But he's not ready for prime time. This guy does not have – he's not doing well. Is what I'm saying. And uh, t- today, Steve Ducey asked him a question. Only one reporter, of course, asked him a question, Biden a question. And this is as good as he can do, a question about Hunter Biden. Do you still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation and smear campaign, like you said? Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. It's a one-horse <laughs> pony. Isn't it a one-trick pony? Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, and it's one trick pony dog face face pony <laughs> show. I right, one trick. Yeah, it's dog face pony show. It's a one. Tri- I'm not even sure what it is, but the- I tell you, thank you, thank you. I promise you, my Justice Department will be totally on its own making its judgments about how they should proceed. Well then, thank you. Well, I don't see how no. they wouldn't be. No, you know, not one scandal in the in the uh, Trump, uh, sorry, Obama administration. If we can all agree. Oh, sorry, um, Charlie. Here's the simple truth. Our darkest. This is another thing. This was written down. <laughs> Listen to this. This is why Trump needs to stand back and celebrate the vaccine, the Trump vaccine. Celebrate it, tout it right. every day. And then contrast that to the way Charlie Baker talks, to the way Joe Biden talks. This Right here, what you're mm-hmm. going to hear, this is how Biden leads a country. This is his messaging. Here's the simple truth. Our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. Frig! <laughs> Christ, really? Well, that's not good, because the darkest days so far have us, what, what are we at, 300,000? Uh, yeah. Dead? Roughly, yeah. So the darker days are coming? Mm-hmm. Jesus I know that because Trump used optimism last year that we're not allowed to ever use optimism. It's a bad thing because Trump used it. Yeah, we're not allowed to say American ingenuity might at some point help us get out of this mess or anything else. Um, It's it's totally like uh, we have everything to fear, including fear itself. (laughs) You don't say that crap. So we need to prepare ourselves to steal our spines. As frustrating it is to hear, it's going to take patience, persistence, and determination to beat this virus. Did he say frustrating? No time yes. to waste. <laughs> as frustrating as a time to hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. That's not leading. Why are you scaring the hell out of people? Just in case? Just so? The and that's cynical how, part of me has some reasons why well, it might be good for a politician to scare the hell out of their population. Well, he's leading. scaring the hell out of people because when it's a little better... Then the darkest days, when it's a little mm-hmm. lighter than the darkest days, right. he can claim victory. 
Right. And so all of his handlers put it together and said, this is what we'll do, sir. This will be brilliant. And it's so, you don't say that to people. Don't tell them the darkest days are ahead. First of all, mm-hmm. very few in government have, it, it, or is that a threat? Is it a threat? Yeah, it probably is. Because the worst parts of the whole pandemic are the uh, economic devastation that is going to take us decades to recover from, frankly. We'll find out what the worst parts are, but that's short, that is a guaranteed dark part of this. The Trump administration failed to prioritize cybersecurity. It did that from eliminating or downgrading cyber coordinators in both the White House and at the State Department to firing the director of cyberspace. So this is a fair hit. So Yes, it is. It would be a fair hit if it wasn't coming from the guy who was in the administration who let historic level cyber attacks hit this country. And I mean, laughed, even, even laughed at Mitt Romney for. I mean, I think well, it's not pretty only, rich remember, remember, that Mitt Romney is saying that Joe Biden understands a Russian threat when they mocked yes. Mitt Romney. Remember? Well, remember the Russians meddled in the, in the election? Mm-hmm. They meddled in the election, the very fabric of our democracy. Remember that was huge. Remember all the things that we were supposed to do to Russia for that? Mm-hmm. That happened on Biden's watch. The guy who was going to make sure it doesn't happen. The Sony hack happened on Biden's watch. The Russians hacked us previously to that in Biden's watch. Brennan, the CIA idiot, uh, you know, was yelling at the Russians during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. The it was not a good time. We I, we were reporting on this when I worked for the Herald for years about how many breaches and attacks were happening, right. and that we were not ready. There was no utility in being ready. You know, you would just it was just the, the price of doing business is that you just absorb mm-hmm. the hack and that would be fine and you can move on. Right. And those of us who have been following politics for more than the last five minutes remember, and I'm still. I'm still not over 2012, frankly. I'm still mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, do you remember what Obama said about Mitt Romney saying that Russia was our greatest geopolitical foe? The 80s called. The 80s called. They want their foreign policy back. Mic drop. Uh-huh. It's a mic drop moment. <laughs> mic drop. He's so cool. He's so funny. The 80s called. They want their foreign policy back. Look at that outdated old fogey thinking Russia is a geopolitical foe. Meanwhile, Russia is running wild doing whatever they want and screwing with our elections. And, and remember, by the way, in that debate, when that was said, Candy Crowley didn't feel the need to correct Obama <laughs> on that. No, no, no. It was Romney had to be corrected for accurately stating that Obama didn't mm-hmm. think the Benghazi attack as a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. It's an infrastructure security agency. To President Trump's irrational downplaying of the seriousness of this attack. Enough's enough. In an age when so much... So you're generally right about this. You're right. Trump has not really taken this seriously. He doesn't really seem to care. It could be behind the scenes. Things are happening, and I'm sure there are military personnel Uh that we might be hacking against the Russians, but he needs to act like he's concerned about this. Mostly, I don't think Trump really cares that right. much since he's about to leave and he doesn't really care except well, putting making, up an appearance for his fans he's that making, he's fighting. He's making against. political appointments left and right. I mean, well, I mean, you would think that he'll maybe... He'll do some pardons too, I bet. But, I mean, like... Well, if he cares about his his uh, legacy at all, you need to preserve those seats in Georgia because the, the executive orders can be undone on day one. The legislation can be undone if you've got all two houses. Oh, well, right. I mean, that being said, I think that the Democrats, I mean, Obama had a supermajority and he struggled to get anything done besides Obamacare. And Obamacare wasn't the full Obamacare that he wanted it to be. 
um, you know, there was no public option in it or anything. And look how they struggled to get that passed. And that, you know, burned up the rest of his presidency, basically, the fact that they shoved that through. I think they're going to have more trouble getting some of this stuff done than um, than they believe, even even if they win the two Georgia Senate races, which I still think is unlikely. I still think at least Purdue will win. Maybe not Loeffler, but I, I mm. believe Purdue will win. Um but even so, you still have Joe Manchin, who I really think is going to throw a wrench in some of this stuff. I mean, he technically on paper counts as a Democrat, but um, he's not going to vote for a Green New Deal. He's from West Virginia. Are right. you kidding me? That's not going to happen. And uh, and some of these other things, they're going to they're. I mean, of course, the monster that has been created with executive orders is that one president does stuff and then the next president undoes it and then the next president undoes it back again because that's what we have set up. And if Congress had any cojones, they would... Alice K. Shattuck. It's in Spanish, so it doesn't, it doesn't count then. Um, but if, if Congress would stand up and take back some of their actual legislative power from the other two mm-hmm. branches of government where they've you know, just spread it out to because they're a bunch of cowards and they don't want to actually have to make laws, which is their job. Right. If no, Congress... that threatens re-election. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, if which you have threatens to... mon- fundraising. Yeah. If you have to vote on actual things, then that's yeah. too you don't hard. Take it's a stand. much better. They're not there to take a stand. It's much better to just let the president do executive orders. It's funny how so we say they're not there to take a stand, but like AOC's there to take a stand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah. There's a couple of them. I mean, and I mean, I think there's some. There's some people out there. I think Mike Lee is pretty good. I think Josh Hawley is pretty good. There are some people that really yeah. are doing stuff on principle, which is great. But but for the most part, the way Congress operates is they're trying to cede as much responsibility as possible for them from themselves to the president and to the Supreme Court so that they don't have to make any hard decisions. Any hard decisions about abortion, any hard decisions mm-hmm. about gay marriage, any hard decisions illegal about immigration, illegal which might immigration. help because it seems like kids are in cages every few years you know? now. You know, uh, somebody was tweeting recently those pictures of uh, AOC at the border, yeah. crying at the border facilities. Yeah, those days are over. For the next four years, those days Incredible. are over. Yeah, no, there's not going to be any crying outside. Yeah. Actually, AOC might be crying outside the border facilities, even if Joe Biden's putting the kids in cages now. We'll so, see. We'll see how So these... she could be. I mean, I think she's one of the few that might dislike Biden as much as she disliked Trump, possibly. Yeah, we'll see. And if the if the if the party tries to disenfranchise, I mean, they've already knocked her down out of committees that, that she wanted to be. Oh in. yeah. But if they the, the party pushes around and tries to silence or mm-hmm. you know disenfranchise in one way or another, Bernie Sanders and the rest of the squad, those people are activists oh, with yeah. sway, and they will make them pay for that. One guy who's um, in Congress who my wife loves because you think he's um, he serves it to the libs, as you say. Uh-oh. Is Matt Gates of Florida, who's <laughs> trending on Twitter because apparently, and I we're told by the Twitter people who have unearthed this that this happened yesterday or a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. very recently. <clears throat> he had what seems to be a, like what seems to me to be a drunken office party. I think this was at the TPUSA stuff. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, where they were shooting, which is odd in <laughs> itself, by the way. Which is like half showgirls. This thing they have uh, half naked women shooting yeah. money cannons into crowds of tightly packed young people at an indoor event. Mike Pence was just speaking there. It's so bizarre to me. I do not. I mean. It seems a little I... bit gratuitous for the time we're in right now, and so is Gates singing. It's a new, new twist, I guess, uh, for uh, for Republicans to be the ones 
doing all this stuff. But here's I Matt think it's Gates. Garbage, um, but okay. Singing a good song, though, Alice. You know the song, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Gates doing karaoke. Alice, please sing along if you know the song. You know the song. Come on, sing. You sing on the song. Oh, you were scared to sing? But you have your video grin on still. Sing! Okay, forget it. I'm not going to play it if you're not going to sing. I don't like to sing live. But yeah, Matt Gates doing karaoke, hugging people. They're having yeah. a great time. COVID is not an issue with Matt Gates. I think I think this was at uh, part of the TPUSA thing, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But anyway, he's down in Florida. They're in Florida, too, I think. It's uh, been a madhouse down there. I don't love that. It's pretty gross, I think. Um, God, I feel like there was something. One might say out of touch, possibly. Tone deaf? Tone deaf. I feel like there's something Which I want actually, to bring up. I think tone deaf is now offensive. I don't think you're allowed to say that. Then that just it's, happened in the last 48 it's hours. Is there anything else, Alice? Um, no, I think that is it. I think that is it. The only thing you have to talk to us about is the merch. When do we get to see the merch? And do I get free stuff? I have not set a launch date yet. And so you're so. Um, do we make ungodly profits if somebody buys something? Not ungodly. Yes. I want huge. We make a couple dollars off each thing. When you say a couple, ten? I mean between one and four dollars per item, roughly. And that, do I get to keep that money? Because we want you guys to be able to have fun stuff. Like we want to be able to have fun stuff. So I'm trying to keep the prices as low as humanly possible. Yeah, I so. think we should just make them as low as possible. We're not going to make enough money for. You know, we're gonna. It's. I mean, we want to have fun. Spent on Bud Light seltzers. (laughs) We want to have fun. Yes, we just need to fund the amount of Bud Light seltzers that go into making the designs. And so each of you needs to buy about a thousand dollars worth of worth of merchandise. Um, no, but we're not going to make a ton of money on the merch, but we want to have fun merch because we just want to, and, um, and it's going to be great, and I will keep you all posted as oh, soon as yes. I have a launch date finalized. And I'll take your, I'll take your, um, suggestions, little Jerry Callahan, I'm going to be on Big Jerry Callahan's show tomorrow, he broke big important news today, Alice, he's going national, who knows if that leaves middle, little old me out in the, out in the dark, out, out in the yard, without anybody to boon me, Alice. Nobody will boon me. <laughs> grant you a boon? Grant nobody will grant me a boon. Said Queen Victoria <laughs> eighty six years ago. This has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Podcast, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Oh sorry, the Twitter is just at Burn Barrel Pod. I lied. Sorry. Um, on Parlor, we are at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can also send us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, and check out our YouTube channel. You can like our videos, leave a comment, review us wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe. C'est la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.